bringing you key insights, tips, and advice from the brightest minds in the Canadian franchising industry. This is the Franchise Canada Chats Podcast. Welcome to the Franchise Canada Chats Podcast, where we take you into the world of franchising. Our interviews are with franchisors, franchisees, and industry leaders who give on-the-pulse expert advice and insight. I am your co-host, Rena, And I'm your co-host, Trisha. This is Season 2, Episode 15. And Trisha, who do we have on the phone today? Well, we have Lindsay Karen. She's a franchisee of Casada, a fast-growing, quick-service, Mexican-inspired franchise brand with over 100 locations in Canada, with plans to double that by 2020. We discuss her background in the service and restaurant industry, which led to her purchasing of a franchise in her early 20s, as well as how she acquired finances and other personal anecdotes, including the burrito challenge. All that and more. Enjoy the episode. All right, so we're just going to dive right in. Can you tell us about Quesada? Quesada is a quick serve um, Mexican-inspired restaurant. So we offer tacos, quesadillas, burritos, um, gluten-free, vegetarian, and vegan options. Uh, Our most popular, I would say, menu item in my area, at least, is the Big Ass Burrito. It's a 14-inch tortilla that you can stuff with any and all the ingredients that you want. Wow. Sounds amazing. Sounds delicious. I know. It's it's so funny watching people eat it. Like we have a scoreboard at our restaurant and we have somebody on it who could eat it in two minutes and 41 seconds. Oh my God. It's literally the size of a football. (laughs) Two minutes and 41 seconds. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they'll feel too great after just being so (laughs) stuffed, but yeah, we have a lot of people who like to try to beat the record, but it's a hard hard record to beat uh, we're like debating whether we can do that Ch- challenge <laughs> noted yes <laughs> um is also the fastest growing franchise in canada so when i signed my agreement there was 83 when i opened my restaurant there was 96 and now there is 126 so hopefully sometime next year there we aim to have 150 And so, like, what drew you to franchising in general? To be honest, um, prior to franchising or becoming a franchisee, I had over 10 years in customer service experience. Mm -hmm. So I started uh, working when I was 14, and my first job was in a uh, franchise restaurant. And then I worked in mom-and-pop restaurants, bars, cafe, lounges, all across Canada, and even abroad. So I knew that I loved, you know, the food industry. Um, And then I opened my own cafe and lounge. So I created a business I loved, but a lifestyle I hated. And that's what ultimately drew me to franchising. So I owned an independent business, which means you do absolutely everything yourself from creating the menu to marketing, advertising, writing operations, and so forth. And so with franchising, a lot of these are already done for you. So maybe you might have to tweak things or negotiate a little bit different pricing, things like that. 
but generally they're done for you and you have those templates. And to me, I just, I wanted that. I didn't want to live in my restaurant night and day slaving away. I wanted to have that freedom and franchising was something that I thought, you know, could be the answer. Hmm. How long ago was that when you opened your own rest, when you started your own restaurant or business? I would have opened my doors just over three years ago. Yeah. So I, I think just turned 24, maybe 23. And then I did that for about eight months. And after eight months, I was, I like, I loved my business. Like I said, I, you know, we did tons of fun events and we had a liquor license. So that was good. We did live music. We supported the local young music scene. It was such a cool spot, but I was just like trapped there. Um, And so after about eight months, I started researching franchises and talking to different franchisees of various restaurants and just asking, you know, what is your experience like? What hours do you put in? What's your day look like? And I instantly was like, yep, I want to become a franchisee. (laughs) (laughs) You learned about Casada, I guess, through other franchisees. Was that just like an internet search or did you kind of uh, go to a show or... So I actually researched a lot of franchise restaurants and didn't come across it. Um, But the ones I was interested in just weren't working. Like I strongly believe if it's meant to be, things will line up. Obviously like hard work, effort, but just there'll be signs that it, it will work for you. And so after a few months of these other restaurants just not lining up, like nothing (laughs) seemed to work Mm -hmm. and it wasn't a good situation. I, absolutely went back to the drawing board and I thought about like my city so Kenora Ontario and I thought what would benefit its residents not only the type of food but speed of service so for instance a sit-down restaurant a quick serve restaurant a fast food restaurant and where is this type of service needed is it needed downtown on the outskirts near the shopping center and that's you know kind of how I came up with a theme like you know, Mexican inspired and quick serve. And I wanted something downtown that was fast because we just didn't have somewhere you could go in and out within an hour in the middle of our busy tourist summer. And so I was looking at a franchise magazine and I seen Quesada and instantly went to Google, gotta love Google, and (laughs) um, looked it up, went through the website, went through the menu, uh, asked a couple people, you know, secretly about it. No one knew I was on this franchise hunt. And I actually met um, a couple people, Fluke, who had eaten at a quesada in uh, near Toronto. And they absolutely loved it. So I sent them a message and received a response. I'm not even kidding, like immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, the president's wife was originally from Kenora. So he was so pumped and he flew to town the following week and met me at my uh, cafe and lounge and we chatted about the franchise and my expectations and his expectations and we just got along so well and from there everything fell into place. That's brilliant. 
it's really important to have a good relationship between your franchisor and the franchisee. So there just seems to be, not only did you do your due diligence, but it also sounded like there were some um, holistical signs pointing you in the right yeah. direction. <laughs> yeah, Totally. And I so agree with that. I believe that they're looking for somebody to fit their the culture of the franchise and you need to find a franchise that fits kind of your culture as well and so they're very outgoing and they're fun people and they're hardworking and creative and that is me so it was just such a good fit did you what challenges did you face early on or more importantly how did you overcome these challenges so one of my biggest challenges I faced to this day uh, was financing for the restaurant. So being a young franchisee, I signed the agreement shortly after my 25th birthday. I did not have like tons of savings or assets. And the savings I had went into my cafe and lounge, which was under a year old at the time. So I didn't even have a year end. I didn't have a T4 to show the lending institutions. I literally had nothing. Um, so that was extremely extremely hard um but that did not stop me i went into nearly every lending institution in my town and despite receiving no after no like so many no's i didn't give up um i bawled my eyes out once i was literally sitting at my bar and i had my employees serving me as i like cried i'm like my dad was visiting me in town and my boyfriend now husband was there and I'm like I don't know what to do like that was the second last you know bank in our town like what if this doesn't work and so the next day I woke up I was ready to go I walked into the my final meeting with such conviction <laughs> that <laughs> I'm still surprised I like I was full of confidence and I put my business plan down said, this is the money I want. This is my plan. If you don't, you know, want my business, I'll go somewhere else. I didn't have any options and they didn't have to know that, but I was like full on confident. Like I have this business plan. I signed this agreement already. This is what I'm doing. Everyone wants my business. I'm offering it to you. And I got a yes that day. And so I like, my advice to anyone is just don't give up. You don't need everyone to tell you you're doing amazing things or to support you or give you high fives or pat on the back. All you need is belief in yourself. And for me, I just needed one yes. So despite the other 10 no's, I, it doesn't matter about them. I needed one yes. So just not giving up. Wow, that's such a, a conspiring story. I think we're like both like very moved by your like determination to go from like so many no's like naturally you would just kind of give up and be like eh, that's not for me I guess to like saying no I'm gonna dig my heels in and keep keep going no matter what and um I'm glad totally. that it's in the end I, <laughs> yeah I think a lot of people just you know it's that fear and they want that validation but you don't you don't need other people's validation. As long as you believe in yourself and you know you can do it, you can make it happen, and that's all that matters. You yeah. will find a way. If that bank said no, I'd still find a way. Hmm. Like, I wouldn't give up because I knew this is what I wanted and I knew this would make me happy and make me successful. Hmm. That's like set you up, I guess, for 
business ownership as well, because I, I guess even when you start your business, there's still so many challenges that you face along the way. Like it doesn't just stop with getting a loan, it like continues. And I'm, I'm guessing this kind of resolve helped you as well. Totally, yeah. So after um, that challenge, I did face, you know, that was a big challenge because after that it was um, the contractors and, and things like that. And my franchise, um, the building of it just got kept getting drawn out drawn out and it was a lot of a lot of work prior to even opening the doors and a lot of like hair hair pulling and stress and so when I finally opened um the restaurant nothing like none of that was negativity that was about to happen or things that were going to come because you know it's not always roses and butterflies and every day is the best day um they're great days but things suck stuff doesn't happen properly things break employees don't show up so you know but none of that really phased me as much because I finally got my restaurant open and I went through hell over high water to make that happen so <laughs> when when you know the the little things it, it, they're just little things and I think I used to focus on them so much like that day my world is ending like my employees not here we're short staffed like my world is over but I think about okay will that really matter in five years that my one employee didn't show up that day like no it's fine we can get through it who cares you know move on and so I think just I learned a lot from the no's and the difficulties prior to opening that when I did open it was easy to think long term instead of short term and here in that moment mm. I feel like we have to cue Kelly is it Kelly Clarkson maybe what kill you what doesn't kill you makes you stronger yeah, <laughs> yeah totally it's so true it does oh my god I love Kelly Clarkson Lindsay can you do you face I mean we are talking specifically about what's it like being a millennial franchisee and you became essentially your own boss at the age of 25 there. Are you experiencing other barriers in relation to age or timing-wise in your life? Like, are you even a homeowner? These are just personal questions now that I'm asking. <laughs> yeah. You know, let's jump back in time, and here you are, fresh 25. You're about to sign the lease. Uh, you're about to sign everything for your franchise. Were there any other personal challenges that you faced during that time um, in relationship to being a millennial at that certain age of mid-20s? Yeah, so a lot of the personal challenges when I first became a franchisee um, was having a life. <laughs> being <laughs> 25, you know, a lot of your friends are still going out on the weekends or going on vacations and spending money. You know, the money they make, they, they don't have a lot of responsibilities yet necessarily, or they don't own a house and toys and things like that. So, you know, it's vacations, it's dinner with friends. And for me, I invested everything. I went into hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt and I was only 25 years old, so I couldn't go out to restaurants with my friends. I couldn't go to the bar. I couldn't go on vacations to Mexico with them. Um, so that was a huge transition for me. Not that I was a big, you know, before that because I had a, a business, but it was just when you do go into business at a young age, there is a little bit of sacrifice mm -hmm. in hopes that long term you come out ahead and you have to sacrifice 
sacrifice less in the future. Um, so that was definitely a challenge. And then another one was I wanted to buy a house. And when you go into business, you need, you can't just buy a house. Um, you don't have proof of employment for a couple of years. So that was a difficulty. It's like, I want to buy a house and I can't, I have to wait. Um, so that was a little bit of an eye opener. And those are things that sometimes you just, you don't know, or you don't think of. Mm. Yeah. So, so there are two of my biggest challenges. Did you kind of experience any sort of challenges being so young from either staff or um, like just managing it and the business as a young person? To be completely honest I didn't so much have that difficulty but that being said I I didn't be try to become their friends but I also didn't try to become you know this superior where I'm your boss and you are my staff all of my employees are my team members and they are called my team members and we are a team and so from the beginning that was in place like I am helping you and you are helping me. So it was this mutual respect that you coming to work and you doing a good job and you you listening to me is also not only you're doing something for me, but I'm doing something for you. You know, I'm giving you the job. I'm helping you, you know, give you those days off that you want and um, a stable like work life and things like that. And we also um, at my my location, um, we're very strong on like being a Quesada family and we create decisions together. I never walk in guns blazing being like, this is how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I always ask a question, sometimes knowing the answer, but I want them to come up with that answer. So it's not always me. I'm the boss. This is what I think. This is what you need to do. Um, it's, you know, how can we make this happen? What are your thoughts on this? And we brainstorm together. Sometimes we come up with the same solution I had going into that, which they didn't know about. (laughs) Or we come up with a solution together and it might be different. Um, But it's always about working together and not necessarily having that like barrier between employee and boss. Um, So those are a few things that kind of like teetered that. And I do have employees that are older than me, the same age as me and younger than me, but we work together and, and it's a team environment, not, not boss employee environment. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, age ain't nothing but a number. Totally. And I think if you treat them with respect, then they'll treat you with respect. And so it's not, you know, these are, I don't hire somebody and say, this is the days off you have to have. And this is what your schedule has to look like. It's like, what do you want from me? How can I help you make, how can I help you make that happen? Like I I work with them and it's not, I just find that that creates more of a respectful environment and more commitment from my team members. So I haven't, yet um had to really face that but um i'm sure one day i will <laughs> it's bound to happen <laughs> that's okay it obvi- it's quite obvious that you have such a great inherent culture of quesada altogether, and that comes from your franchisor and it obviously has passed down to you and you're distributing it amongst your workforce as well like it's pretty cool that it's uh, a team environment 
is that something that would help you stay current in this business? Like, does the franchisor provide an ongoing training and support? They are fabulous. So we just recently launched a training app. It's for franchisees as well, but also our team members. And so it helps you each week go over portioning, flavors of the food, health and safety, things like that. So that keeps us across the board aligned from our teams to the franchises to each restaurant, which is really cool. They also have um, updated operational manuals every year, which I'm obsessed with because I love everything in writing. But they go over kind of what expectations are for employees, you know, time off and things like that. And so that kind of creates a standard. You, You can make your own adjustments in your own restaurant, but it kind of creates this standard across that these are the general expectations. So I follow those pretty much to a team. So they are always updating things, creating these training apps. I would say they can't get more up to date. Like they're on top of the game. There's not very many franchises I know that have their own training app. It's pretty cool. So how would you describe your experience as a franchisee? Like so far, like what do you love the most about being a franchisee? My experience has been so good. Uh, Ultimately, what I enjoy most about having the franchisee is the freedom it provides me to pursue other things in my life that I'm passionate about. Um, So generally, as a franchisee, you're not expected, but sometimes to own multiple restaurants um, or some people have a career and have the restaurant on the side, things like that. So it's not... I want you to own one restaurant and you need to work in this day and night. Um, So for me, instead of owning multiple quesadas, I chose to open other businesses as well, Um, just independent businesses. So I absolutely love this, the ability from quesada to have freedom to pursue all my passions. And another favorite of mine is just having somebody I generally have one, my main contact at head office to bounce ideas off of, ask questions, then to get advice from. And just having that second set of eyes on your business is extremely helpful from your food costs, your labor costs, you know, employee questions, even, you know, what kind of fun events should you host? Like anything. There's always somebody, at least one person there to give you direction, offer you input and give you advice. That's good. Do you have a lot of Quesada restaurants in your area? No. And that's why I chose Quesada. Um, I wanted a business that would be in my area, but not yet so that I can make my own footprint. And I did that, and then within almost a year, Winnipeg, which is two hours away, opened a location, and they're opening their second in the next month or so, and so they're the closest. Um, The next closest is about eight hours away. Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow, yeah. I know. Hopefully, I get some more neighbors soon, but I'm in Northwestern Ontario, so we're very spread out. Right for French. And was there anything that you perhaps underestimated about the business ownership process? One thing I may have underestimated was just how much I needed to think for myself and do research myself. Um, A lot of the time I, you know, 
would get a recommendation from head office and I would just, that's what I'm doing. And I now learn that sometimes because as a franchisee, you, you own your business. You are your, like your own boss. It is your investment. Mm -hmm. So you have to know your market and know your area and know your industry and know who your customers are and what your food costs are and what your labor costs are. That's not up to head office to know every little detail about where you're situated. That's up to you. And I think in the beginning, I would, you know, they give me a recommendation and I would just take it as this is the answer. But that's not fair to them and that's not fair to me. Mm. I needed to do my own research because I know my area and I have the ability to know my area, my market, my industry, and my people more than they can and anyone else. And so one of the things I just underestimated was doing my own research. And that was after six months, I really started to learn that and it's made the world of a difference. And even head office, you know, they've seen that difference. They're like, I love how much you know about your market and what you know that what works and what doesn't work. And they appreciate it as much as I appreciate having that. It's knowing your like versus trying to create like a new, you're not really changing anything, but you're adding things to kind of enhance the experience for your target audience. Yeah, we, we do a lot of things, you know, unique to just our area. Like we have our liquor license, we have a patio, Mm-hmm. Um, we sell clothes like um, Quesada t-shirts. These are things that other Quesada restaurants don't all have, but it's something that was unique to our market and what our market was looking for. And they were very happy at Quesada head office to have me implement them because it works for where I am. But that doesn't mean it's going to work for downtown Toronto or um, Vancouver. So it's just knowing your area as well and knowing what works for your business. Did you find it difficult at all that, and you know, I know like a lot of people do go into franchising also because the brand is kind of recognizable so that customers, they go to it, they know like what they're going to get. But since you're like the only Casada in your area, did you find it kind of difficult to um, attract customers, you know, because they're, that's the first time for maybe many of them. Yeah, it was, it was difficult. Um, but I accepted the challenge because I chose it. I went for a business that wasn't recognized in my area. So I knew what to expect in that, like in those terms, but I did pick, you know, location was key. I'm right on main street. I'm right on the corner. I have a nice big parking lot. Um, and then it just challenged me and pushed me to do marketing and really get out into the community with our menus and radio and walking the streets and giving away virtual cards to gain that att- attraction when we opened. And to this day, we still do that. Like, um, for instance, we have a market every Wednesday in our town and we have Chris El Taco, one of my employees, dresses up as a taco and mm-hmm. he goes to the market and he hands out free burrito cards and free churro cards. So just, it is a little bit more difficult when you aren't as recognized as some of the bigger franchises out there, but it just makes you work a little harder and give, do a little bit more elbow grease, but it's worth it in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like who keeps you inspired 
too because you seem like so like i i've got this and it's it's amazing like you have a lot of perseverance it sounds like and a lot of these really great qualities for franchising and sticking in a business you know throughout even when there's difficult challenges that you're facing or whatever so is there anything or anyone that keeps you inspired Totally. Oh my gosh. Time. So my biggest in- inspiration are the people I surround myself with. So I purposely surround myself with people who inspire me, who motivate me, who relentlessly chase their goals. Um, successful people, people who are kind, smart, giving, who travel, who are leaders, people who have healthy relationships. My biggest inspiration are the people I aspire to be and learn from in some capacity. Um, so I always like look for these people and attach myself to these people in a non very non creepy way (laughs) but it's like they have something I want and if they have it they know how to get it so they can help me get that too so I have a lot of people in my life that I continually ask questions and ask for advice and ask for guidance because these people have done big amazing things that I want to do as well and I'm not going to ask somebody who's never done it how to do it. I'm not going to try to figure, I could figure it out myself maybe, but why not just ask people directly from the source, how did you do this? How can I do this? What can I do to make this happen? Um, So those people are my biggest inspiration. And then for like motivation, I always listen to podcasts and I read books. I'm obsessed right now with Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I've read it like more times than I can count. That's a good one. What successful advice would you give to others considering franchising? Doesn't matter what age or just what advice could you give them? My biggest piece of advice would be do your research. So do your research on the industry. So for me, it was, you know, hospitality and your area. So your town, the surrounding towns, or if you're in a large city, that portion of the city, and do your research on the franchise itself. Is it a growing franchise? Has it leveled off? Is it, you know, almost failing? Are people selling their stores? Um, If you just do your research on industry and you dive all in and you buy a franchise, but you find out in a year that that franchise is doing very good, that's that's on you, you know? So you need to do your research on your industry, on your market, and on the franchise. And ask questions like, is it relevant? Is the franchise relevant? Is it sustainable? What are the fees like? And a lot of people don't think about that or they don't think about some franchises have more expensive fees or less expensive fees. And why are they more expensive or why are they less expensive? Because mm-hmm. um, when you're paying three, four, five, six, seven percent every week to your franchise, that money adds up. So what are you getting for that money? And then questions like, is there maintenance you have to pay on your restaurant? Like, do you have to put $50,000 in every five years to update your restaurant? Or do you have to put $10,000 in on a new sign every 10 years? Like, what do you have to do on top of your costs to maintain your restaurant? So just really looking at all the research and comparing that research to other franchises. Don't just pick one and say, I want it, I'm doing it. Do your research. It will save you a lot of money in the long run. And also, pick a franchise that's, like, awesome, something that you love. If you hate Mexican-inspired food, 
don't buy a Mexican-inspired restaurant. <laughs> However, he thought it was delicious, and I've never met somebody who hates it. But, you know, like, if you don't – if you don't like the food or you don't like the tools or whatever it is mm-hmm. and you can't put your heart behind it and you don't believe in it, you're not going to succeed. You need to believe in the product you're selling. I think it's great advice. You know, franchising is so diverse. Like that's the beauty of it. There's so many industries and so many things to choose from. So it's just, yeah, I, yeah, I love franchising. Like I is um, like, I'm so happy I did it and I do not regret it one bit. It is night and day from, you know, an independent restaurant. And I know that those can be great as well. But for me, franchising, it just has that support system. And being a young franchisee, that's amazing to have because you don't know everything. You don't have all that experience. So it's so good to have people you can turn to and people who have kind of given you the templates for success. And it gives you a little bit more freedom when you have those templates and you're not writing menus every day and adjusting pricing and updating the computer system. Like franchising to me is one of the best ways to do business. You're still in your twenties. The whole world is in front of you. What's next then in terms of your business career, your aspirations, how big are we dreaming? I'm dreaming really big. (laughs) I, in terms of the franchise, um, I'm going to just keep one not because I don't love Quesada. I love it so dearly, but just where I am in life, um, being recently married and having a house, I want to eventually start a family. And with my location being in Northwestern Ontario and very spread out, it's just not possible for me to be traveling all the time and on the road visiting other restaurants. But that being said, I hope to make my Quesada um, extremely successful and to do the franchise itself proud and in terms of my life and my career and goals and ambitions I want to continue working on my other businesses and to empower people to create the life that they envision and whether that's you know business career to really be successful and go after what you want and say goodbye to fear. And that's what I'm really passionate about is helping other people achieve their dream life just like I have. So in conclusion, franchising has been one of the best decisions I've ever made. It's great to be a part of something bigger and to have a support system and a family that is helping you to succeed, not only business-wise, but personally as well. Um, I would recommend franchising to absolutely anyone or franchising as an option. Don't rule it out and definitely look into it. That's great, Lindsay. Love it. Um, All right, so now we're just gonna start the lightning round. Using three adjectives, how would you describe yourself? Ambitious, driven, fun. The most interesting thing I've ever done is? Went bungee jumping. Complete this sentence. A good franchisee is? Hardworking. A good franchisor is? Understanding. The hardest thing for me to do is? Stop working. The most enjoyable thing for me to do is? Be with my family. 
And the most important thing for me to do is? Empower people to create the life they envision and to create a life I am proud of. What are you currently reading? Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, again. <laughs> what are you binge watching right now? The Blacklist. Two more questions. The key to success is? Believing in yourself. And then finally, we'd like to ask uh, our interviewees um, how they would redefine the word failure. I truly <laughs> believe that failure is necessary for success and that it's not, failing doesn't mean you didn't accomplish anything. It just means that you need to try again. Awesome. That sounds great. Lindsay Karen from Quesada, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. <laughs> we hope to see you soon. And if not, we're going to, we'll call you if we're going to meet that challenge deadline yes. for that burrito. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you guys should totally do it. Okay, this is amazing. Thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> Have a fabulous day. You too. Awesome. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more, visit FranchiseCanada.online. And if you're interested in the franchise opportunity, go to lookforfranchise.ca.